0: Hello and welcome to the Commerce Journey Podcast. My name is Brian Krogsgaard. I am here with Corey Miller, my partner in crime on all things Commerce Journey. Hey, Corey. Hey. How's it
1: going? How's it going? Yeah, pretty good. I'm eager to talk about this t- topic today. I'm eager to dive back into the Commerce Journey uh, Podcast.
0: Heck yeah, we're uh, we're here and today we're talking about the, the fear of getting started. You know, this is, you know, an existing store owner has fear too, but... There is something about making the leap, right? When you're trying to make that leap to actually do it for the first time, it is uh, it can be really intimidating. We're going to talk about that. Once somebody does get started, as they're getting set up with their store, though, they can always do it with GoDaddy Pro. The deal we have at commercejourney.com slash go is truly awesome so that you can get uh, going with your e-commerce website using WooCommerce and a whole bunch of bundled extensions, a free domain, and it is uh, – what is it, a dollar a month for the – A initial- dollar f-
1: for three months, uh, I think. Yeah, a dollar. Do-
0: I think it's a dollar for the first three months or a dollar a month for the first three months. It's an inconsequential amount of money and bundles yeah. all these amazing uh, extensions that – usually are hundreds of dollars a piece. So we are saving you hundreds of dollars getting started with your journey. So no fear on the financial front. You can bootstrap this baby for almost nothing with GoDaddy Pro. If you go to com slash go, thank you so much to our awesome partners at GoDaddy Pro for offering this deal for all of these people starting their commerce journeys. We are so thankful for them.
1: And if you think about it, this is a prelude to our conversation today. Three months for a dollar – is like, it's, it's a multiple things. And one, you have three months to get your store ready. That's right. You know, before you actually, it goes up to, I think it's like 29 95 or something like that. Uh, but you also have a deadline, you know, in front of you. So I think it's, it's that offer is really good. And we strategically picked this, uh, GoDaddy Pro as our sponsor for that reason, but it really plays into our topic today.
0: It is three months for $1.00. It's not even one dollar per month. It is literally one one dollar. So for uh, for the price of a candy bar, can you get a candy bar for a dollar anymore? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> you can bootstrap your site and get all the awesome stuff that they include. I mean, seriously, with bookings and product add-ons and tracking shipments with uh, UPS, and even if you do subscriptions, like. It's crazy the amounts of stuff that they include with this, plus all their great templates that they have. Um, there's no better way to get started with your store. Literally anywhere, they've put together the best deal they got. All right, that's enough. Thanks to GoDaddyPro. Uh, but we, we want to make sure folks know that because that's why we've partnered with them on everything that we do because they are helping uh, new store owners. And you know what, Corey? Somebody has this fear of, of getting going, we want to be there to help them to uh, you know uh, prevent them from you know, having so much fear that they freeze right. So yeah, what are you thinking on this front? Because you were really passionate
1: about this topic. I love it. I love it not because people have fear necessarily and are paralyzed, but that this is where we can come in and really give people some encouragement. Um, you know, this started because we were talking earlier this week, and uh, we were talking about our own little stores that we're contemplating starting. And you mentioned, if, I don't, if you don't mind me saying, yeah. like, hey, I haven't done this before, even though you've done a lot of things online and made a lot of money online, you haven't done this specific store that you talked about. And I, I kind of pushed in and I was like, tell me why. Not because I don't have fear. I have fear. Uh, but I, I live f- to help people be free of being frozen. You know, mm. I mean, it just excites me because. You know, there's this Albert Schweitzer quote back in the day, like in high school, I found. And it says the tragedy of life. It was is what dies within a person while you live. Mm. And I really took that to heart. I said, I want to live my life as best as I can, not paralyzed by fear or held back by fear. Uh, and fear has multiple names, fear of criticism, fear of failure, uh, fear of success, which is kind of crazy to me. Okay. But it happens. Yeah. And so that's why I love this topic. I want to help free people. You and I free people, give them permission to go live their dreams, to share their talents with the world through commerce journey.
0: Yeah, that's cool. You know, you talk about the fear of success, but I think another way to think of that is like, hey, if this thing works, what am I going to do? I'm going to be so busy or I might have to quit my regular job to go full time on Mm -hmm. this thing. So like fear of success is real. Like you want the side hustle. You want the extra income. If it works as well as you hope and it actually becomes your main gig opportunity, that is scary. Like both you and I, we left full-time opportunities to start our own businesses and uh, yeah. in its own way. It's terrifying. Several times. Yeah, so it's the fear the fear of starting is real. I totally – or the fear of success is real. I totally get that because you're going out on an extra limb because you're putting your full faith in yourself. And I think that is at the heart of what this means, this fear of starting with your e-commerce stores, you're putting your faith in your ability to actually uh, put a product together, sell the product, and sell it with a profit, and sell enough of them that it could sustain you know the energy that you're putting into it.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot in there that you talked about the other day that I've heard and sh- and had myself over the years. You know, back in 2008 or I should say 2007 when I was contemplating okay, starting iThemes. You know, the biggest fear was insurance, health insurance. We had insurance through um, the employer I had at the time. And and uh, I think of these, and I'm going to share what, how I got around it, but like the fear is the obstacle. Yeah. So if it's fear of success, okay, let's let's push down into that. What is that exactly? Where's those fears? Because I think if we can identify the fears specifically that are obstacles, we can do something about it. So my story was, afraid of ins- health insurance, not having health insurance. Well, I found out we could go on Cobra for a year and a half. So I at least had some coverage for a while. Now it wasn't cheap. Yeah. (laughs) And by the way, that's been twice. So then fast forward to 2020 this year. On the other side, actually 2019, I left uh, Liquid Web slash iThemes to go back out on my next adventure. And then my wife had all of our health insurance was with Lindsay. Well, back in April, she left Liquid Web. And uh, again, we had to fall back. We're currently on COBRA health insurance. Yeah. Now, for those of you that might have serious health conditions and are worried about that, that's a big thing. I don't want to ever underestimate that. No doubt. But if we can drill down and, and figure out what those fears are, we can we can probably find some ways around or through that obstacle.
0: So I think one of the things that we can narrow in here and, you know, talking about the the variable of health insurance is a great example because that's so common for any entrepreneur in the United States in particular. Um, Mm -hmm. I think this is where we get into getting over your fear can uh, start with establishing a plan and establishing a plan means to take all of these things, these variables, whether it's your health insurance or your cost of initial inventory or the time and energy to get the website together or um, how you're going to do your product photography or how you're going to do your prototype or how you're going to manage order fulfillment. These are all variables. Best thing you can do is create a plan and start to start to scratch out these variables, right? Because you, you put them in a spreadsheet and you say, okay, yeah. here's my dollars in, dollars out opportunities. Here's what I have to do to break even. Here's what I have to do to make enough money to go full time. Here's how much time I need to fulfill 10 orders a week, 20 orders a week. Whatever the situation is, you start to take the variables and turn them into plans and that's when your fear can become uh something in the
1: rearview mirror, right? Absolutely. I mean, you got to be clear about that. A lot of times, you know, when I push in and talk to people, the fear is mythical. Mm. You know? They start to realize they're catastrophizing or, you know, some cognitive bias that all humans have. They're, they're aggrandizing it or it's black and white. You know, I do this myself. All, no one's immune to these things. And, but so I say mythical because when you start putting them, let's say on a spreadsheet, like you just, you know, mentioned, okay, well let's rate it. Yeah. H- how big is the fear? And then, and then ask yourself why, you know, and, and play the game out for a second and then give it a couple of days. If it's real catastrophe, Give it a couple of days and sleep on it and then come back and see if the, the big, scary monster is really big, scary monster or uh, a spider crawling on the sidewalk that you can stomp out. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And another thing is you'll be able to eliminate more variables once you get going. That's one of the beauties. In an e-commerce store, you, can, you really can start as a side hustle. It's harder in real life. I have a friend who recently started a business in real life. They started a, a contracting company. And they know, because they put a business plan together, they said, "I need x number of jobs." They knew what the market price was for the types of jobs they were doing. It's a painting company, right? So they know like, okay, well, here's how many dollars you get per whatever, however they measure it, square foot of wall you paint. <laughs> you know, I don't know how they do it, but mm-hmm. if you have a, an x number of dollars per job, he knew i need to I need to win this many jobs because I have this much profit margin. All based on the variables that he took out of the equation, and based on the uh, that information, he was able to say, "If I need to win this many jobs, how many jobs do I need to quote in order to uh, to know that I can accomplish this?" So that's where his testing occurred. Now, an e-commerce store is very similar, right? Because you're you need to win enough of your visitors to your website or to your store. You need to convert enough of them into customers you need to know roughly what your profit per order can can be to turn it into saying okay well this is what i need to accomplish in order to sustain either the energy i'm doing uh, putting into this for a side hustle or how much i need to sustain in order to go full-time going full-time in e-commerce it's not like you're a freelancer doing, you know, you don't have any upfront costs, right? Let's say you're making 30% per per order per year. That is a pretty good return, especially for a new store. A lot of times you have to spend money to make money, you know, and you can operate at a loss for the first say $100,000 worth of of revenue. Uh before it turns into profit. A lot of e-commerce stores do this in order to, purely to grow, right? They're reinvesting any profit that they have, any gross profit that they have. So, but let's say you get to this 30% of profit can go back to your pocket. Well, if you do six figures in sales, you're making $30,000 pre, let's say pre-tax. That's tough for most people to live on unless you're just totally bootstrapping, can rely on a a spouse, something like that. In most places, $30,000 is probably not going to be quite enough for you to go full-time with like confidence. So you have to figure out what's that math.
1: Yeah, that's why we talk about You know, start out as a side hustle. Yeah. You know, the Vita bars that we talk about a lot with Anna, it's a side hustle for her. Yeah. She sold about over $30,000 to date. It's a side hustle. She's keeping her job with really good salary and really good benefits and really good vacation and all that kind of stuff. And this is a side hustle. She can take some of her discretionary, I'll say, time and energy and pour into a side hustle that could test it out. But the second thing I want to say is something you're talking about. You broke it down with your friend with a painting company. And I liked it. So this is the other part where you we start to, you know, catastrophize and just get make the monster so big. Right. And, and if we just break it down to numbers, and you started to say that with the exercise with your friend. So, okay, I have to put, let's say you determine I need to put down $1,000 uh, to buy inventory for your product. And then you do some math and you say, I'm going to sell it at this, you know, and we're just talking, we haven't bought anything right now. We're just pull up a spreadsheet and we start saying, we're going to spend a thousand dollars. This is how many units we're going to be able to sell out of that. Here's our profit. Like you just said, Mm -hmm. here's the price and carve out the profit and try to try to be very conservative. Don't try to be too optimistic about this and then break it down and say, where you can see a very small manageable number, a bucket and go, okay, I need to sell a hundred. Can I sell a hundred? Yeah. Like if what your first thing the other day about physical goods was cost. And that's a big thing for any of us. We don't want to buy a bunch of inventory and say all that stuff sitting in the corner, $10,000 worth of stuff sitting in the corner. But if we can break it down and just go to do this, we just have to sell a hundred or whatever that is, break it down and say, this is how many units I can sell. I love to break down these things into the simplest one little number that goes, can I do it? That's a black and white number sitting there versus a mythical fear monster, scary monster out here. Now we've said, Brian, do you think you could sell a hundred of these? Like if you had to, even if it took you a year, do you think you sell a hundred of those? Yeah. Well, that means you can recoup your investment. Yeah. I love breaking this down. We were just doing this exercise for another property we own. Right. We were talking about inventory. We were talking about a number. We said, we want to do double what we did. And we start breaking it down. We go, oh, that's 15. Well, that becomes way more manageable for you and I. Do we know 15? Now let's write down the 15 people we could sell to. This is a higher price point we're talking about, but like – Yeah, when you need fewer
0: sales, it's more of that manual breakdown. With a lot of e-commerce stores, it's like a percentage, right? So it's overall visits. And so what you'll learn over time is um, whether it's organic traffic or whether you're paying for the traffic, all of these calculations come way into effect when you're paying for the traffic because you're spending a certain number of dollars to get someone on the site, and then you learn, when I get someone on the site, what percentage of them make an order? And Mm -hmm. this is where your multiplier effect can really come into, because you say, okay, well, I did a test, right? I paid for 10,000 people to visit my website, and I converted 1%. Well, if you could afford to pay for the 10,000 people to visit your website, you converted 1%. Now you have some baseline math, and and, and you figure out, Where can I scale this? Do I pay for 100,000 people to come to my website now and look at my products? Or do I maybe uh, make some adjustments to increase the number of people that convert to 2%? Mm -hmm. Converting from 1% to 2% doubles your sales just like paying for 20,000 instead of 10,000 people to come visit your site.
1: Uh, I'll we'll share this in the show notes, but my good friend and partner, Jeff Mazier, CFO for Hire, put together a spreadsheet just what you're talking about. And it was just to see, put some assumptions to model things out. And then when you model them out in a spreadsheet, you take it from this anonymous fear to an actual rational thing you can look at and say, Does this feel good? Then you can still bench test it with your emotions. But what you're just saying was, Then you start to say, I'm going to be conservative and you know, be more pessimistic than optimistic on my models, Mm. then you can say, if I just doubled that, you know, there's levers you can start to pull and work on, but you at least have something. And this is the other thing I I always tell people, and I try to remind myself of it, start small. Don't eat the elephant, man. Don't try to do every, like, don't try to hit a million dollars in sales in your first month. Yeah, (laughs) If you do, Hallelujah. I'm going to high five you. Uh, but that's called a unicorn. If But if you start small and say, I just want to see if I could sell $1,000 worth of something, start small. Don't bite off too much. And remember, it's still an experiment. Model it out with spreadsheets. See what you need to make. make find out that look, number that you just have to sell to recoup your investment. And even inside
0: that, look for the levers that are the easiest to pull.
1: Uh, yes.
0: When you and I did some business planning, when we first became partners, we said, okay – this is the potential impact, but this is the potential effort for having that impact. And we decided – screwed it, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We, so we were like one to five, how yeah. much energy goes into accomplishing this goal, uh, and where we found the sweet spot was to say, hey, this is a lower energy on the scale of one to five. Let's say it's a one or a two, but it has a four or a five impact on the mm-hmm. bottom line. That's where the sauce is, right? And you really take your fear out because you're saying, hey, I can accomplish this even in my spare
1: time because it's less energy to output. Um, Yes, I'm a big fan of working. Like, I don't want to have to work 80 hours a week. I don't want to have to, like, blood, sweat, and tears if I don't have to. So I'm a big, low-hanging fruit. And when we scored that, I thought it was so powerful because you and I made really good decisions now covid be darned but like you know we made some really good decisions on that because we ranked it and we had feedback and it gave us conversations to to talk through and go man let's lay hands on this one this one is the one we want to do
0: yeah darn sure. COVID though <laughs> yeah well that hey there's always that's that's one of the it's a fear and you can establish those two like what are the risks right uh, sometimes you have a risk that's like in that category anyone that's done a contract of like force majeure you know, like an act of God or a uh, something catastrophic. Well, w- welcome to the catastrophic in today's environment yeah. of COVID, but certainly if you can outline what are the risks, you know, like yeah. I don't get the visits to my website I expect or my manufacturer for my product uh, increases the price by 50% or they tell me it's going to be two months later to deliver than they expect, things like that. How do those – Things, how do they affect your plan? How can you work around them to still survive? Because survival is the key. Because if you survive and you tweak, eventually you
1: can thrive. And score them like we did, you know, say yeah. one to five or find some criteria and put it out there and then let it set and come back to it. Now, In all of this, it just screaming in my ear is like most of us, most people have some sort of a partner in the sense of a spouse or maybe a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever that is, right?
0: Or a friend or a counselor or whatever.
1: Yeah. And uh, I think doing this type of stuff shows some due diligence that you're, you're, you're in it to win it. Like you've got investment, you've thought it through, you know, enough and that you can show people. So if you're trying to convince a spouse, I want to do this, I want to, I want to take five grand out of our savings and you know, buy this inventory or do this, you have some justification for that. I still do that with my wife. We're partners in life, man. So that means business too. And so showing her, I've thought it through. And then by the way, her monsters, other people's monsters are going to be slightly different than yours.
0: Yeah. You know, they may bring up all new fears, uh, but they may, they may alleviate some of yours. They may be like, Hey, you need to have more confidence. You're good at this stuff, you know, like, or they'll be there to encourage you and then they'll, also be able to, you know, find the holes in your armor and they'll somebody somebody to bounce off your ideas, take your spreadsheet, your you know, your your big plan, your business plan. If you do like you know a proper write-up, especially if it, in the ideation phase, like saying, Hey, here's my actual plan, what I intend to sell, what the addressable audience is, all those cool things. Yeah. You're eliminating variables and then you're asking people close to you who you trust to poke holes in them. And in a constructive manner, like they're your friend. They're not, they're not your enemy. They want you to succeed. So, you know, having the right person to help you do that is important, but we're going to take that part for granted and you want their, you want their feedback. You don't want to hide your plan from the people that you trust because they're there to help you. They want you to succeed and they're going to help you eliminate your fears.
1: And prevent you from, you know, your blind spots. Yeah. Like we've all got blind spots and you and I have different perspectives on things. And that's a good thing because for me, it's preventing the blind spots of what, you know, could potentially happen. Uh, my, my partners, Jeff and Rebecca, they are fundamentally, they operate fundamentally different differently. And oftentimes it's a push pull thing, but we always wind up thoughtfully at a better decision. Mm-hmm. You know, and so if you approach it that way too, it's, it's, uh, I think such a great thing. It's why I have partners, it's why you and I are partners. Yeah. You said, I don't want to do this alone, I want to do it with somebody else. So you have like somebody to ride shotgun with you on the journey.
0: So let's, uh, let's just think about one other thing that I have on my mind, which is okay, let's say you've got all this stuff, you're starting to eliminate the variables, but you're kind of stuck on something, right? There's something that is it's there and you're like i don't know how to solve for this one um or maybe it goes differently than you planned for right you make estimates but the forecasting the i took some uh, a lot of statistics and forecasting type classes in college and one of my professors would always say the first rule of forecasting that is that all your forecasts are wrong uh and if you don't acknowledge that before you even start then you're just going to pull your hair out right so you're going to have to tweak these things over time. So something's not coming out the way you put it in in terms of the potential outcomes. How do you uh, how do you prepare for that before you even start so that you know
1: you'll be able to adjust on the fly? I often think about Lewis and Clark and the expedition. In fact, I was looking <laughs> at biography, like trying to find some good biographies on them, just to think like entrepreneurship and e-commerce in particular is is an expedition most of us don't have a crystal ball and it tells us exactly where to go, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think about Lewis and Clark journeying across the Northwest and like, how did they approach that? You know, I don't know if people had gone before and they got reports back or whatever, but like I use every piece of data I can and models are great now, but you can forecast and just knowing the other way I heard that said was no plan survives the first bullet in action. Mm. Like <laughs> you can have this plan for this battle. And then once people start shooting at you, it's a whole different story. Yeah. So uh, I like it. So you have some direction to head in. But for me, it's the, this, I think it's an analogy, but is to hold it in your hand, the forecast and the plans, but don't grip it so tight. Your knuckles are white and you don't let go of it. Mm. Like you can't change directions. I, I could almost promise you 90, 95% of the time, Uh, In entrepreneurship, somebody starting a business pivots and change and tweaks with the direction they're doing based on customer feedback, like the almighty dollar or whatever currency you're in. Someone willing to spend is a vote in the direction that you're going. And so you either got to last long enough to share with the right people and then pay you or change directions. Mm. And so that's what I say, like with the models and stuff, business plans, they're all good. You know, but don't hold them so tight that you have to be like, letter of the law, this is the way it goes forever. That is a recipe for doom. Yeah.
0: I've heard that a similar idea in terms of how uh, coaches work. So, like a football coach, uh, I've heard people talk about how this particular, say, offensive coordinator, they know exactly the first like 12 plays they're going to run in the game. Like they have a perfect diagram of if they have a first down, then they do that, you know, whatever. So they know the plan for the first like 12 plays. And if an average game, let's say they run, I don't know, 60, 70 offensive plays, the rest of it is an adjustment based on what they learn from those 12 plays. So they know we're tweaking our game plan because we got feedback, we got response how is the enemy, how is the defense responding to our first 12 plays so that we know where to go from there? So it's almost like feelers. And we can do that in our stores as well, right? Like we can plan. Here are our first steps because we need, we need process. We need like this is what we're going to do, uh, and then we're going to see what the response is. We're going to see what happens. And we need to make sure how do we sustainably take the fir- make the first 12 plays equivalent for our e-commerce stores so that we then know
1: how to tweak. I, I really love that because you think about that, it's a really good parallel to entrepreneurship and e-commerce is map out your first 12 plays, yeah. but then be open enough to know you're going to get, you know, the bullets are going to fly. You're going to get smacked in the mouth and you got to adjust, but think about it as again, approach it as an experiment. What are you learning and the keys for me is this acronym I've kind of been thinking about with all the projects I'm involved in is MAPS. Mm-hmm. What you're trying to learn is m- message, audience, product, and system mm. to me. That is it in a nutshell. So I actually should start with like AMPS or something like that, but it's MAPS because audience is first for me. Mm. You know, who are you trying to serve and support? And do they know, you know, there's questions you can ask around that. Do they know they actually have a problem and they need this? Or are they looking for this actively? This product um, message is, am I connecting their needs, the audience's needs and wants to my product? That comes next. The message is one thing. Then you got product, which is pricing, bundling, packaging, features in the product, all that kind of stuff. The match back to message, maps back to audience. The final is S, system you think about an e-commerce system as a system, you know, like this is a game. If you've ever played the, the game Mouse Trap, you know, you set up the little board and if you get something just out of alignment, the ball drops and doesn't go all the way around to the, you know, trap the mouse. And that's what maps is, is like tweaking these four dials system, thinking through all this other stuff. What do I need to go back and say, do I have a system to keep repeating and getting sales? Those four things. If you, if you venture into this, and start tweaking those little dials. Generally speaking, those are the ones I pay attention to for every project. For commerce journey in particular, we were talking about that the other day. Yeah, we started with the audience. we were like, do we know? You know, again, are we affirming our hypotheses? You know, like is it this this audience is that audience? We're tweaking our message a little bit. We're looking at our product. We're thinking about the system of how we get things shipped out and all that kind of stuff. I think those four keys with maps is key, and it's it's commerce journey. That's where we're trying to help help you. Uh, Work on,
0: yeah, I love that, and um you know one other thing you talked about I mean we talked about these analogies, first twelve plays, and then iterate um you know the the battle plan was as soon as the first bullet is fired, chaos ensues the individual players though, like and then once you're in it, your instincts take over all the training that you've had in your life of uh how to do business, you know you you are doing this, it may be your first business, but you have been in businesses or in organizations, and you know how to operate. Oh, yeah. Your instincts are going to take over. Your fears come from you're at the starting line. Those you know or the the race hasn't begun, the game hasn't begun, the battle hasn't begun. Your journey has not begun and your fear is going to go away because you've begun and survival instincts and your practice and your process takes over and mm-hmm. you will lose some of your fears just because you start.
1: Absolutely. In fact, here, here's what I've been contemplating a lot lately, especially as I'm starting things. You and I are starting things. Like, I, I will tell you I, in this whole conversation about fear, the simplest determinator of success is often the hardest, but it's the most critical. And it's called start, yeah. try, attempt, begin, go. It's the first bold, bold step out there. It's years ago when you click the publish on the first post status news article. Um, For me, it's the same clicking publish, clicking submit, pushing your little lemonade cart out into the sun and letting people see the prices and the message and all of what you're trying to do and potentially buy from you and say, nope, that's not what I want. I'm going to pass go and continue on. But it's taking whatever you're working on and pushing it out into that light, into the arena that Teddy Roosevelt talks about, that bold action, that bold first step Brian, I'm telling you over and over and over in my life, that is the one thing is just taking the bold step to, to do it, yeah. to put it out there. Most people are in the camp of the Albert Schwarzer thing. They're in the tragedy camp. They are sitting on their art, their great work in the world, and not pushing their ideas out that could help other people. And I'm saying, we're saying today through Commerce Journey, push your lemonade stand out into the light. Be willing to test your ideas and just see, you know, the definition of failure is if you never try, right? I mean, that's the truest thing for me in this whole getting over your fear, getting past your fear and getting out into the light and letting people say yes or no and vote with their dollar of what you're trying to do. Um, And that's why I say it's the simplest step, but it's often the hardest for people.
0: I got nothing to add to that, Corey. That is where we're leaving it because I don't know about other people, but I'm fired up. So uh, get out there, do the thing. Go to commercejourney.com slash go to get started. Subscribe to all our stuff. Check out Commerce Journey on Facebook. Talk about your fears with us. We'll talk to you next time.